So over the weekend, we had a chance to get a little bit of rest. I had an opportunity to catch up with some friends from literally around the world. And I also thought about some terribly missed opportunities. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I've got a lot of things on my heart and on my mind I want to share with you today. Very important things. And if you ever needed an invitation to listen to an entire program, please understand this is the one. I've got a few little news stories to kind of blend in, but there's really a few things that are on my heart and on my mind in a very in a very powerful kind of way. Now, as I said, as we opened the program up, spent a little bit of time actually getting some rest. Didn't go anywhere this weekend. Uh, just stayed home. Had an opportunity via email and some messaging services to to talk to some some friends literally around the world. Just out of nowhere. Even when you have a 13-hour time difference, you know, we, we kind of figured ways around it. And we were thinking about it seemed to be the topic of the day, missed opportunities. Things we need to be doing, we don't want to miss out doing the things that God has called us to do in our specific ministries and callings. Even people within the United States and Canada that I spoke to in messaging and email over the weekend, the same. it seems like the same reoccurring topic. Don't miss an opportunity. I may share it again one of these days, a message that I I preached one time that the Lord just laid in my heart the morning that I preached it. And the entire thing was, you know, realizing, realizing that you have this hour of visitation. God empowers you. He gives you something and you either use it or you lose it. And I've seen that happen in ministry. I've seen it happen in life so many times. And and it really is something that is becoming important to me. And for various and very obvious reasons. In talking with one friend who is in the Caribbean. And he and his wife live on the island of Nevis. And they operate a small FM Christian radio station that that just serves Nevis that doesn't really get much into the big island of St. Kitts or Basseterre, but it does serve a group of people. And I've been giving this individual free advice and help as as I can for a number of years now. And and I, I really believe that he has a viable ministry that I think could grow. And I know that he is trying to figure how to raise the funds to upgrade his antenna and his transmitter. And I've learned a lot over the years about about radio in the Caribbean from people that have done radio in other parts of the Caribbean. I have visited St. Kitts. Matter of fact, it was seven years ago last week. I was in St. Kitts for a number of days looking at a radio opportunity on behalf of a ministry. 
that was going to put this thing on the air and reach literally a thousand or so miles for Christ all over that region, one station. It's a missed opportunity. It's still off the air. It's like it's not important anymore. Suddenly, after seven years, it's been forgotten. And it's no closer to being a reality today than it was when the claims were made that we've got to do it now. We have an opportunity. God has given us this blessing. How many times have you heard people talk about things like that and then nothing becomes of it? Well, one of, one of two things have happened. Either number one, God's hand is not in it. Or number two, the person that's been given the assignment from God decided to do other things instead. And I don't know which is worse. Sometimes I think when God has called us to do something and we fail to do it, we're going to be held accountable. And don't think that we're not. We're going to be held accountable. If God gives us a calling and an opportunity and clear direction and we don't do it, we are going to be held accountable. I can't make it any more clear. When I looked at the opportunity missed seven years ago in that part of the world, and that's ironically how I got to know this this one guy with the little FM radio station I've never had a chance to visit. But somehow God opened up a, a, a communication between the two of us that has gone on now for like five and a half, six years. And, and I wish him and his wife well as they try to do what God has called them to do in their part of the world. And I hope to be able to give them some more advice and maybe even help them find some equipment that they desperately need. The other opportunity on this, in the same nation, it's still not there. And while this one station is just a, a low-powered just a few hundred watt FM serving a few thousand people. The other station could have served hundreds of thousands of people and it's still off. It's still not, still not functioning. Missed opportunity. And I really believe that we're going to be held accountable. I don't think God changes his mind. I don't think God says, do this. And as you get started, no, now don't do it. Let's do something else. Well, let's do something else again and again. I've seen that happen too many times where these ministries jump from one thing to the other, and it seems like God is changing his mind four, five, and six times a year on the same project. My God is pretty much steadfast, reliable, and true. So I want to talk about some missed opportunities today. And I want to just kind of share what I call a a status update of the world and why we do what we do here on this radio program each and every day. Now, I ran into this, this story that comes from the state of Minnesota. Now, Minnesota is is kind of a, well, it's a bit like New York State and other states in the north where you have a large rural area and then you have a few cities. The problem is 
honestly, the city's become extremely leftist and liberal, and they have just enough of the population to control much of the state politics and who they send as representatives to the House of Representatives and the United States Senate. And all those in the nice small towns, you know, the normal people, I hate to put it that way, but they're not thinking weirdness all the time. They are dragged along kicking and screaming. So there was this story that came out of St. Paul, Minnesota, and there is a state representative, a Democrat, her name is Sandra Feist. And she introduced what is called the I can't believe I'm reading this on radio. The Minstrel Equality Bill. She's arguing against an amendment to a bill that would provide funding. I mean, you got to understand this. This whole transgender stuff has gone to the absurd. It has gone to the school of the absurd. It is just demonic in nature. It is destructive. It is abusive. It is dangerous. It is not normal. And this individual, Democrat State Representative Sandra Feist, in a in a debate, came out with this statement. I want you to listen to it carefully. I would encourage uh, the committee to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons, um, practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, First, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender-neutral bathrooms, and if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, Second, not all students who menstruate are female. Um, We need to make sure that all students have access to these products. Um, There are obviously less um, non-female menstruating students, and therefore their usage will be much lower. And that was actually um, calculated into the cost of this um, and how much we decided to fund it. And so we we do not expect that the non-female menstruating students will use um, these products as much as the the students using female bathrooms, but it's important to have them there. Um, And that brings me to just the social emotional reasons for that. Um, These students who are not female, who menstruate, um, face a greater stigma and barrier um, to asking for these products. And so providing them in an easily accessible place um, in all student bathrooms is particularly important for those students. Now, I can't even begin to find the words to explain how totally wrong this woman, I guess she identifies as a woman. I don't say she's dressed like one. She's got a hairstyle like a woman, even though it's short and full of red streaks. I mean, not found in nature kind of red. There's something about this particular individual, Sandra Feist, as she talks, and she has a certain way of talking and everything, every preposition ending up on a high note. Seems to be a pattern with a lot of these individuals in the way that they talk. And, and she is firmly believing, I'm assuming, she's firmly believing, this is a second-term individual, state representative, Sandra Feist, from New Brighton. I, I just don't understand where did this all come from? 
Nobody ever talked about transgenderism in the 1970s or 80s or 90s. The year 2000, I mean, none of this was on, was on the mainstream, but out of nowhere, this exploded on the scene as the most important topic of discussion we can possibly have. And you have these educators and politicians and even some that have been deceived within the medical industry. Now, in the medical industry, let's be honest, it's all about the money has nothing to do with morality. It is a money thing. Cashing in on butchering children, chemical castration, and all that goes with it. And if a person, if a person's heart is literally evil, the absence of Christ, the absence of morality, they don't care. They don't care about life. They don't care about butchering children in the womb. They don't care now about butchering children that are pre-adolescent. These are demonically possessed evil individuals. And to say that there's no evil or demons or demonic activity or paganism going on in this world today is to put your head in the sand. And so I look at people like Sandra Feist, talking about we need to have dispensing machines, of course, free. Can't have anybody pay for this stuff now. And and for the men that menstruate, that have their periods every month, for the men that have periods, we need to have that in the men's bathroom, these products. This gender identity comes from my opinion from the author of confusion. The author of confusion. You know, in Matthew, in Matthew 8, 26, as the Son of God and with only the power of his word that Christ spoke, the wind and the storm ceased. Remember that? that those passages? And this is after the fierce storm relents, a great calm descends. And this miracle over the environment contrasts the disharmony, the disorder and the confusion of nature against the power and the order and the peace of the creator of this world. Jesus treated this violent storm as if it was antagonistic. And rebelling forces under a dominating, unrestrained power. But see, the word of our Lord was sufficient to calm it. Just as it commands demons to leave those that are possessed. I really believe that the majority of what we call conflict, rebellion, and even war have their source in Satan. See, God is not the author of confusion, but Satan is. He is the author of confusion in both the physical and the spiritual world. And I'll talk about the spiritual world, too, in just a little bit. Physical evils in nature and among mankind are among Satan's works that Jesus came to overcome and destroy. Satan 
has gotten into the hearts and minds of people, individuals, that have either never known their Lord or are serving idols and pagan gods. And they really believe that this is an important thing, that this transgenderism is for real, Bob. Do you know, Bob, do you know that there are babies in the womb, maybe six or seven months in gestation, just a month or two away from being born? They already know they're in the wrong body. You know that, Bob. That's true. You know it's true. I've actually read articles from some of these people pushing all of this, pushing it to the extreme, making the claim that there are babies in the womb, the womb, that already know they're in the wrong bodies. And as soon as they're able to communicate and they get into like the preschool and kindergarten and first grade, It's up to loving and caring and nurturing public school teachers to find those individuals and help them on their transitional way to peace, harmony, and happiness by having their bodies butchered and taking all kinds of hormones, binding their breasts, changing their names, and never telling their parents. You know, one of the evils of the public education system, it is the perfect tool for satanic activity to come and destroy a family and destroy an individual that has an impressionable mind. Satan loves to destroy children. He loves abortion because it kills them in the womb. Back before we had medical science and reproductive rights and you know in the ancient times we just killed them when they were born moloch worship take that newborn bring it to moloch put it in the arms of moloch an idol that was that had a raging fire inside to burn the child alive to destroy it Now, today with medical science, we don't even have to hear the screams anymore. Back in the days of Moloch, they used to dance and sing and yell to cover the screams. There was a book written years ago called The Silent Scream. We don't hear them anymore. We go in with our technical surgical instruments and just rip the body apart and pull it out. And those that we can't destroy in the womb... We will destroy in preschool and kindergarten and the first couple of grades by these satanically inspired, demonically possessed freak show teachers that believe that the most important thing they do is not teaching reading, not teaching the alphabet, not teaching the basics of education at a young age, like how to write your name, but to identify if your body is If you're the wrong person in the wrong body, we got to fix it. And we're going to go and talk to your little impressionable mind because you trust us as an authority figure to tell you that you're really a boy and not a girl or you're really a little girl and not a boy after all. And we can help you if you just trust us and don't talk to your parents. They won't understand you. 
the education system over the past 50 years in particular, and it gets worse and worse year by year, decade by decade, has been drawing, has been creating a wedge between parent and child. They, Hillary Clinton said it best way back in the 90s. It takes a village to raise a child. And what she meant was parents don't raise the kids. We are the village. The government is the village. We will raise your children. We will feed your children in preschool. We'll give them lunch. We'll give them after school programs so you can work the two jobs that, you know, mom and dad do so you can have your big house, two cars, bigger, longer vacations. You know, we'll take care of your kids so you can work harder to pay more taxes so we can give you more stuff. And the education system has been infiltrated at the classroom level and at the administrative level and at the union level by the most horrific, most evil, most conspiring, most dangerous people on the face of the earth. They push transgenderism. They push pride month. Even though most schools are out, they they still want LGBTQ awareness in schools. Companies like Disney get get bent out of shape when Governor DeSantis in Florida and the Florida legislature passed a very simple bill saying it is not the business of public of you know public school educators up through the third grade to even talk about issues like homosexuality and transgenderism. It's not it's not age appropriate. And of course, Disney and all the corporations and all the demonically possessed, evil, satanically inspired individuals scream, you can't do that. You know what they're mad about? They're mad that they're mad that they're losing access to your child at a time where if they can get to them at that young age, prior to age like 10 or 11, they can have a dramatic influence and break and destroy the relationship between parent and child. And too many parents today are too busy trying to survive, they can't even deal with their own responsibilities. It's the world in which we live. And so the author of confusion, the author author of rebellion, the author of, of violence and death, walks into the school as an angel of light, to try to lure these little children away. And the Bible has explicit warnings about that. There are people today, there are people today that have condemned themselves already. I think the one thing that Sandra Feist, this representative in the state of Minnesota, doesn't realize is that she is the reason with her what's the word I'm looking for she is the reason that these children are confused the schools are the reason these children are confused they are pumping in this idiotic nonsense this unscientific garbage confusing these children because they are impressionable 
I've used this example many, many, many times. I have a a granddaughter. Now, she's grown up now. But years ago, when I lived in Florida with my late wife, my daughter and my granddaughter lived across the street. And I taught my little granddaughter how to swim. And she really got into the idea of being a mermaid when she was preschool and kindergarten, first grade. Because she believed and wanted to be a mermaid, does that mean I cut her legs off to have some doctor do this and splice in some fins? This is the equal stupidity. And you cannot reason with these people. They get emotional. They get angry. They yell at you. They curse at you. They tell you that you're misgendering and all this other silliness and all. And here's something else. I am so sick of anybody. If you put pronouns here, my preferred pronouns, you're an idiot. You're you're complying. If you work for a company that says, what are your preferred pronouns? Tell them gone and out of here. Don't work for them. You are feeding the system. Tell them, I don't play these idiotic games with mentally ill people or satanically inspired nonsense. If you can't figure out that I'm a he or him, then there's something wrong with you. And people are frightened and scared by the satanic mob to oblige. And education is destroyed. And then complete evil individuals. We got to put tampon machines in boys' rooms because boys can mince, you know, they, they have periods. Little girls that think they're little boys, they need, they need their parents. They need faith. They need to be exposed to the things of God. They need prayer. The one thing they don't need are evil people. Evil people like Sandra Feist. Basically feeding their delusion with more delusional ideas at taxpayer expense. There's another story that I want to share with you. And and this one, I'm, I'm, I've got to be careful in reading this because I don't want to, it, it, it really alarmed me and, and I'm really upset that a lot of the mainstream media has ignored it. And I can understand why they ignore it because it destroys one of their, one of their, their narratives, one of their biggies. There's an organization called Town Hall. It's part of Salem Radio Network and other things along that line. And they did an investigation of a story that came out of Atlanta, Georgia. Boy, has Atlanta changed over the 50 years that I've been familiar with it. And they did a number of months, they did an investigation and to uncover the details about this very affluent LGBTQ activist couple. Now, this couple are two men that are married. Okay? Two men. And this this couple, these two men, 
adopted two young boys. And they're now ages 9 and 11. So this is the age they are now. Now, this has been going on for a while. These two sodomites, and I call them that for a reason. That's what the Bible would call them. They were distributing homemade child pornography of their sexual abuse with those children. It's taken a half year for anybody to really know about this story. It's been kept kind of quiet. No one wants to follow up on this criminal case in the state of Georgia out of the Atlanta area. Zero headlines have been written about it in the Atlanta uh, Journal-Constitution, Atlanta Magazine. I mean, the big radio stations in Atlanta, even the conservative ones, have ignored this particular story. Why, Why would that be? It makes zero sense that zero headlines have been written about this story. Why is the media ignoring this? Now, not only did these married men, and by the way, marriage, according to the Bible, is specific and clear. A man leaves his mother and father and a woman leaves his home. End of discussion. There is no such thing as two women getting married. There is no such thing as two men getting married. It is an abomination before God. Any church that does it is a non-Christian church. Satan has moved in. The gospel's moved out. Your lampstand, according to the book of Revelation, is gone. You're an apostate church. You've condemned yourselves to an eternity in hell, and you're preaching another gospel, which is not the gospel, which is an anathema. Turn your back and have no association with any of them. If you belong to an evangelical Lutheran church in America where they talk about same-sex weddings, get out today. Never go back. Turn your back. Run. Same with Presbyterians and Methodists and Episcopalians that are United Church of Christ, any of them. If they're talking same-sex marriage, gender equality and inclusion and all this stuff, get out. Get out immediately. Don't even... Don't look back. Don't be like Lot's wife and even look back as you run out that door. Never return. So not only did these married men rape these two boys allegedly, who, by the way, this is what I'm trying to find out more about because they don't, like I said, the story's hard to find. They were adopted through what was called a Christian Special Needs Adoption Agency. Well, number one, a true Christian adoption agency would never allow a child to be given to two sodomites. So they're not a Christian organization. They're an apostate special needs adoption agency that play the game that they're Christians. And we find out that these two married men were pimping out their children to nearby pedophiles in the Atlanta area, wealthy suburbs. There are recordings of jailhouse telephone calls and never seen before court documents, testimony from family members who actually spoke with Town Hall 
and they uncover the extent of the physical and emotional trauma these two elementary school age brothers have endured, as well as all the red flags that the woke state of Georgia in the Atlanta area, Atlanta has become an anti-Christian cesspool, at least in the majority of the population. It's where the activists, the homosexuals, the transgender agenda, all of it thrives in the metro Atlanta area. Satan loves the cities. He gets in there. You know, you go to a little town like a Tacoa, Georgia. Go to a little town like, you know, Clayton, Georgia. Go to a little town, you know, I can think of little towns all over the state. In the middle of the state, South Georgia, North Georgia, Northwest Georgia. You don't find gay bars and strip joints in most of small town Georgia. They don't exist, but you'll find it in the big cities. You might find it in communities on the interstates where they're attracting truckers where they can get away with it because the counties are too small to fight back these massage parlors and everything else. So you have these children. The adoptive fathers, they're not fathers of anything. They're they're abomination sodomites before God. 33-year-old government worker, by the way, works for the government. William Dale Zulock Jr., and 35-year-old banker Zachary Jacoby Zulak, who I guess is the wife. I don't know. I haven't, I've been trying to figure this out. They've been previously accused of raping a child from Oxford, Georgia, a while back. They've been indicted by a grand jury on charges of incest, aggravated sodomy, aggravated child molestation, uh, molestation, felony sexual exploitation of a child, felony prostitution of a minor. Each of them currently are facing nine different life sentences. At least the barely conservative majority of the state of Georgia has not watered down their laws. And then I'm looking at where these individuals live. There is a small, small county called Walton County. It's about 20, 25 miles east, directly east of Atlanta, maybe about 15, 16 miles southwest of Athens, Georgia, which is a college town. And I can tell you from having spent time years in Georgia, I know the area, I've been there. I've been to the some of the communities in, in that county like Monroe and Loganville, Social Circle. I worked for a Christian radio station in the 80s and 90s that actually could reach into that part of the world. And it's not far from another town called Madison, which is a different county. In other words, this is not the kind of an area you would expect things like this, especially 30 years ago, when it was like, it seemed like it was a million miles away from, from an Atlanta, Georgia. 
But what's happened, like so much of the metro Atlanta area, it grows outward. And people leave the... I, I can remember, if you know anything about the region, I can remember when towns like Sandy Springs, north of Atlanta, were small rural towns. Now they're big metropolises. Snellville, Lawrenceville, Lilburn, all these little tiny towns, Sewanee, Buford, Flowery Branch, they were, they were just rural pasture lands. They've been engulfed in the city. And so these guys lived in a big house, lots of money, don't even know how. You know what gets me? You got a government worker and a guy that worked at a bank. And I'm trying to think, they're living in a million-dollar house. So there's something going on here that I think we're missing. I really do. I think we're, we're definitely missing something here. Will we ever know? I know we're running late for the break, and then I've got, I want to spend the next part of the program talking about some other stuff. A 17-count indictment has come down against these two. And I can't even, in with any decency, read to you some of the things that these alleged dads did to these children. The injuries they caused to these young children, not just physically, but you know fully mentally. They destroyed the lives of these of these two that are enrolled in the third and fourth grade. The men were arrested in July and all the sodomite-friendly media in Atlanta, television, radio, newspaper, have ignored it. They can't deal with this. Even in little Walton County, they don't want... And remember, Walton County is just like I say, right outside of Atlanta. People commute from there heading to work every day. I think this is more common than we're led to believe in that community. They try to hide it, at least in a county like Walton County, those in charge have no stomach for this kind of nonsense. And they may have bought their Atlanta values out to the suburbs. And thankfully, these are still some holdout suburbs that have not caved in. Now, I didn't expect to talk this long in this segment, and I'm sorry that I went on with this, but I had to. This is the battle in which we face And whenever there's missed opportunity, and that's what I want to get into in the next segment, missed opportunity, we need to have a big discussion about that like right now. If you believe in the work that we're doing, I'm going to ask you two things. Now, this is important. This is extremely important. If there is any way, by the way, I'm about to ask you to send me an email if you listen, whether it's a podcast or on radio. Even if you email me before, do it again. Let me know you're still there. I promise you, I am not cultivating an email list. You're not going to get a return, a bunch of emails forever from me soliciting for anything. I may reply to you one time, unless you reply back and ask something else. I promise you, 
I absolutely promise you that I am not cultivating an email list. But I need to know that you're listening and how. I don't want to miss opportunity. God is laying some things on my heart and my mind right now. We're going to talk about in just a minute. Now, if there's any way you can help us financially, there are two ways you can do that. And boy, we really need to hear from you. It's not dire, it's not desperate, but we need to be ready as we continue on week in and week out. Some some periods of time, the giving goes way down. Other times, it's way up. It's just an up and down. I get, I'm used to it now, but I need to do what St. Paul did and let the need be made known so I don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Two ways to support us, go to the website, Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth, the number two, ponder.com. You can use Give, Send, Go. We no longer use PayPal or any secular outfit for support. You can use Give, Send, Go if it's convenient. And it works rather well. If you prefer, we have a mailing address. And you can make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Post Office Box 510. P.O. Box 510. That's a 5, a 1, and a 0. P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowie. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie, Virginia is 24319. Once again, make the check payable, Ancient Word Radio, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Virginia. Zip code is 24319. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Undipped coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. There was an ancient myth among the Greeks of Achilles. When he was a baby, according to the myth, his mother dipped him into the river of immortality. But there was one place that wasn't dipped into the waters, the heel by which his mother held him. And the heel was the one place in his life, therefore was undipped, so it was vulnerable. Uh, and so when his enemies came against him, they fired an arrow which went into his heel, Achilles' heel, and he died. That's how we get the word Achilles' heel. Achilles was dipped in a myth, but we are dipped, you are dipped for real. You're baptized in Messiah. It says we are completely submerged in Messiah in salvation. That means we are not to leave anything out. If you leave anything out uncovered, that's where you're not going to have victory. Even though he covered it, you know, even though that's there, you still can get touched by it. You see, the enemy can still touch you where you're not submerged under his headship. It leaves you vulnerable. The enemy will have a foothold or a heel hold. Anything, anything that is out of the cross, anything that's out of his lordship, submerge yourself into him. Dip whatever it is under him. Put everything in your life, that sin, that thing, that dream, that ambition, that, that habit, what under his lordship. 
and it will be covered, and the enemy will be defeated in your life. And there'll be no more strongholds, no more footholds, no more heel holds. You'll have victory, and you'll have no Achilles heel. Just submerge your spot that there'll be nothing left in your life that's undipped. Want more? Ask for Whelmed on CD. Now the free gift for you. What if you discover the place of the Lost Ark of the Covenant? Well... An awesome discovery, just as awesome. The Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. It's our free gift to you and Sapphire's Daily Spiritual Vitamins to revitalize your walk or for your testament. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it for your free gifts. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, the Jewish people brought you salvation. I invite you to join with me to bring it back to them. The bless those who blessed you and you'll be blessed and reach the unreached peoples from every nation. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. The Nice Jewish Boy at Box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey 07644. That's The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111 Lodi, New Jersey 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Tikvatenu. Our hope, our salvation, our joy, our protection, and our covering. In the holy name of Jesus, Yeshua. Amen. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, I'm going to get back to this story tomorrow that I've been sharing about these these two men allegedly married, I guess. I don't, I'd love to know more about who did that wedding ceremony. That were able to fast track. This is what I'm finding annoying, and I'm going to be doing some more research. They adopted two young boys, not infants, but young boys, who are now like 9 and 11. And they not long ago built this like almost million dollar house east of Atlanta. And it, it, it's disturbing. There's something that doesn't add up. These men are accused of raping these young boys and pimping them out to gay individuals in the Atlanta suburbs. And I'll spend more time on this story tomorrow because you need to know this is the kind of stuff that the LBGTQ pride group tries to hide. When you look, let's I'm just going to finish with this thought. If you've ever seen a gay event parade in a place like Atlanta, it is revolting, disgusting, obscene, X-rated quite often. But the officials in a place like Atlanta, they don't dare touch them. They let them do their thing. And so, and by the way, this house had a couple of rooms that had no windows. I wonder why. They designed the house, by the way. And how they raised the money to build it, I'm sure we'll find out. A lot of rainbow paraphernalia, rainbow Mickey Mouses, all of it. And they live amongst us, and they feel more and more empowered every day. 
like I say, I'll get back to this story and another one I was going to do today, tomorrow. Don't have time today. When I began the program, I mentioned that I'd spent a little bit of time talking to several friends, just kind of one of those weekends where you get a message, you get an email. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? I heard you've been sick. I heard you're dealing with something, and I'm trying to explain and get people up to date on where my health is. I'm still waiting for some information. It's been two weeks. But it is what it is, and I'm not, I'm not worried. I feel, I feel stronger and better every day. Talking to a, somebody in similar circumstances. He lives in northwest Georgia. We've never met in person, but he has been a broadcast engineer. Uh, he is ordained in ministry within his own denomination. He's about my age. He's been fighting cancer, yet God is laying on his heart to open up a small church and make it very media savvy. And he has the experience in television more than I do. And we kind of started talking to each other over this weekend. And, and I said, so tell me what where you stand. I know you started your project a little bit before God laid this on my heart to do the one I'm looking at. And he said, we're, we're getting there. And he said, I, I'm launching. And he said, I, I'm getting people on my podcast. This is a video version. All over the world. And it's growing. And he said, I look at this church that he said, originally when God, when I saw this church building, and this is pre-pandemic, by the way, he said, I just had this idea of having a nice little community church. You know, maybe 30 or 40 people in my little town in Northwest Georgia would love to have a church home. Then the pandemic came along and he said, my thinking thoroughly changed. Maybe we don't need to be just a little church in a community that could be shut down easily, but have a location and a place to use as a ministry hub, a place where ministry work can be done and people can come when they're able, use electronic media, social media, Look, I think the day is going to come when sometimes a service may be done with a handful of people in a small, off-the-main-road place that will be video recorded and put on things like tiny thumb drives that are then copied and mailed to people so they can participate. Because there may come a day that some of the big companies don't want to stream Christian content and don't think it's not going to happen. Did you ever think that you'd have to worry about your kid in school being approached by some green-haired teacher uh, with tattoos telling your little boy or girl that they're the wrong gender and we need to change your name and your gender and don't tell your parents? Did you think that day was coming? Did you think in a quiet suburb in Walton County, Georgia, that two sodomite men would be facing nine life terms in prison for sodomy on a child and pimping their adoptive kids. I want to know the name of this so-called Christian adoption agency. I want to find them out. I want to expose them for the evil they are. Unless they got snookered, and something tells me that's not the case, 
I want to know who these people are and expose them for the evildoers that they are, and they need to be sued out of existence for not vetting these individuals. I'm telling you, the world is increasingly an evil place. The Bible predicts it. Of course, evil has always been there. Look at World War II. Look at, look at those in the Nazi party. They were evil. There were child abusers and molesters in that party. Seems to go hand in hand with the left. And I know there's some phony conservatives out there. They play the game to get your vote. And they're equally as evil and reprobate and sodomites. I don't want to get into politics today. Well, I may do that tomorrow. I may do it Thursday. Don't, I, I don't want to get into that today. But I want to get into what God is laying on my heart. In the background and over this past weekend, I spent a little bit of time beginning to develop some pages you'll eventually see on the website with an idea that God has laid on my heart. While I believe firmly and still do in the use of shortwave radio and will continue to do so as long as the door is open, I really believe that God is using this medium I also want to expand the work of this ministry. I want other people involved to help out too. And I'm trying to develop a couple of platforms and I'm reaching out and and we're getting so close to being able to launch so many wonderful things for the kingdom. Things that'll live long after I'm retired or God calls me home, if he should tarry. I may be around for 10 or 15 more years doing this. I don't know. The way I feel today, I probably could. By the way, I want to thank you for all your prayers. There's something that tells me that I'll be around, but there's still a lot to be done, and don't miss an opportunity. I look at what happened seven years ago with a ministry that I worked for, a missed opportunity. And something tells me They never will deal with that opportunity. It's just going to rot and fall away. I wish there's something that I could do. I wish there are people that I could reach out to to make it work. But I don't have that resource right now. But I try to help somebody in that same area do his his part. I host his website because I have access to a server. I do little things for them as I can. And I pray their ministry prospers. I know for me, the most important thing that I can do is to bring you more into God's word than into today's news. And this is something that I am wrestling with. If you hadn't figured that out, I really am. I spent a number of years as a church pastor. And I really believe in a teaching and preaching ministry. But I've also spent a lot of years in the radio business, so I'm able to do this kind of a radio program. And yeah, I do need to talk about some of these issues, but I wish I had somebody else to do more of that part of the program. So I could spend more time preparing from, I've got my Bible in my hand right now. I'd rather spend more time in this book in my hand 
than looking at news sites. Let somebody else do the news sites. Distill it down to the words that need to be said so then I can go to God's word and tell you what our Lord says on this issue. I have an opportunity that is in front of me and hopefully maybe this week or next I'll I'll open up those pages when they're done for the website and share with you what God has laid on my heart. I think it's a roadmap that'll be duplicated by many in many regions. Preparing the church for a time of incredibly intense persecution. You know, in England, I saw where a person was approached who was praying silently. And a police officer walks up. Now, remember, this is the land of the Magna Carta. What is the nature of your prayer? This police officer asks as they take him to jail. The nature of your prayer is now suspect in parts of England. It'll be that way shortly in Canada. It always is, Australia, New Zealand. And then it works its way into California, Colorado, New York. You know the path. And the next thing you know, it becomes the normative here in the United States. The day is going to come like it already has in many parts of the world where a pastor preaching about against same-sex marriage can end up facing prison time. In one of the Scandinavian countries, a lesbian made a statement on social media saying that that a man cannot be a lesbian. She's facing three years in prison, so don't think it's not going to happen. It's on its way. Satan is tightening his grip of confusion and evil on this planet, and the church has failed. The church, too much of it is apostate, Too much of the church is dead. Just reeking, stinking dead. I can understand when people can't find a place to worship in some areas now. It's it's gotten that bad. That's why God has laid something on my heart that I hope that you will pray about and help support. Now, we've got to run because time is running out. If you believe in this radio program, would you email me today? Bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. I will not be building an email list, so I'm not going to bug you. If you can support us, you can use the website truththenumber2ponder.com or make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319. That zip code again is 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.